The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of on-demand audio for the whole family. Your kids or grandkids can listen to the popular radio drama Adventures in Odyssey and two-minute Bible stories called Quick Sticks whenever it suits you. Whether you're in the car for a few minutes or for a longer trip, these two programs will keep the kids entertained. New episodes are added every weekday in the free Vision Christian Media app. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. This is Andrew McLennan. A few years ago, a young boy from Tasmania at the age of 13 was discovered and placed on a national TV show called Young Talent Time. From there, he graduated to Neighbours, spent a few seasons on there, and eventually moved to the UK to make it big. He signed a record deal, started touring with some famous names and bands such as Take That, Glenn Wheatley, and John Farnham. But sadly, his life started to unravel in the midst of his success and fame. But on that descent into darkness, he found Jesus and a new hope and a new light entered his life. It's my great pleasure today to welcome Tassie boy, Mark Stevens, to the program. Mark, welcome. Uh, Thank you, Andrew. It's great to be here, man. Good to be on Vision Christian Radio and good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Well, it's good to have you, and I did uh, have to highlight the Tassie boy part because um, yeah. you know, we, we love it when a Tasmanian makes it big, and there have been a few big names come out of Tasmania, one being that queen in uh, Europe who married, is it the King of Denmark that she married or the Prince of Denmark? My gosh, that's going back, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> she did all right for a real estate agent from Tassie. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I was I was born in Hobart in 1971, so we're going. Uh, I'm showing my age now, so we're going right back. But my family is still there, actually. Yeah, it's a beautiful part of the world, we, and we broadcast into Tasmania. We have a, a signal that covers the whole of Hobart. But Mark, you did have an amazing childhood because most kids, especially if they're a creative type who can sing or dance or do something, they dream about being on a national TV program and you hit that at the age of 13 tell us about that journey after that Andrew I always loved music and I I wrote a couple of songs when I was a kid my mum and dad bought a uh, an upright piano for the house so uh, I wrote a song I heard about a talent quest in uh, in Glenorchy just outside Hobart and I uh, was encouraged to put my song in uh, I won the encouragement award. I was put into the grand final of a, of, a, of a local talent quest, which then became more of a national thing. And I won the talent quest. And one of the judges at the talent quest was was the producer from Young Talent Time. And they flew me in to Melbourne with my mum from Tassie to Melbourne, auditioned for Young Talent Time, and boom. Before we knew it, we were moving across the waters from Tassie to Melbourne to set up and give me the opportunity of a life of a lifetime, really. Yeah, and you were singing and dancing with Danny Minogue. I, I, I must confess, my friends and I used to watch Young Talent Time at the age of 15 or 16 just for Danny Minogue. <laughs> yeah, I, a lot of the lads used to have a, a big crush on, on Danny and still do, actually. <laughs> yeah, I I, yeah, and it's funny. One of my friends became a professional athlete. I won't say what discipline he was in, and he ended up doing a, a promotion with Danny Minogue. He was just laughing the whole time. He's just thinking, if only you knew, Danny, if only you knew. <laughs> 
how many times <laughs> how many times we'd watch Young Talentine for no other reason but to look at her. But um, yeah, but incredible success at a young age, Mark. And then from there, you graduate to that TV show called Neighbours, which is probably the most successful TV show ever produced out of Australia. How did that happen? Yeah, I mean, I, I started, you know, at the age of 16, it's time to move on from young talent time. So at that age, I got myself an agent thinking they would help me with my singing career. And they got me an acting audition. I'd never acted, don't claim to be an actor. But, and, uh, you know, the acting level is, is not phenomenal uh, on, uh, on these soap operas. Anyway, um, you might disagree. But <laughs> yeah, I auditioned, I auditioned for the show. And um, I went up against 40 other uh, young guys for the part of Nick Page, a young tearaway street kid graffiti artist. And uh, I won the part. And again, that kind of catapulted me out of the out of music and stuff. And, and then I tried my hand at at acting and, and that opened up a kind of wider world platform for myself. So things were going really, really well uh, career-wise at that at that stage. Oh, I bet they were. I, I actually Googled Neighbours today. It started in 1985. It ended up being aired in 60 different nations around the world. And, of yeah. course, the Brits loved it like nothing else. And uh, eventually British TV funded it, I think, uh, towards the end when the Australian TV um, industry couldn't fund it anymore. But at its peak in the UK in 1990, there were 21 million viewers of Neighbours in the UK. Like, that is a huge number of people in the UK watching Neighbours, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, and, and I was in the show from 1988 through to nearly 91. So at the peak of its, you know, impact, um, you know, going into the UK was, I mean, you, you couldn't walk down the street. It was, you needed security and bodyguards. And it was that, it was, it was weird, actually, because you're not used to that at all. Um so, yeah, it was an interesting season, definitely. And, of course, we were earning a lot of money. Um, we had a lot of opportunities to work in different areas. Uh, so, you know, that just kind of fueled behind the scenes a pretty dysfunctional lifestyle uh, for myself. Yeah, and you, you call it dysfunctional, but I, I, I'm guessing it's obviously a lot of parties and a lot of girls and a lot of drugs and just a lot of getting hammered and just living in that moment of just that fame and fortune. Yeah, well, yeah, and so many fall into that trap, especially if they, they're not grounded um, in themselves and don't have that the kind of moral fabric or the, the moral foundation of a family who loves God or, or just, you know, <laughs> a kind of walking a, a good road. Um, unfortunately, I didn't really have that. I did from my mum, but... Not so much from my dad's side of the family. So, yeah, the, the boundary lines were blurred, can I say, very blurred. Yeah, well, I think most Aussie blokes at the age of whatever you were, 18, 19, 20, just walking down yep. the street in the UK, just having girls throw themselves at them and uh, the opportunity to go to parties and that. I, I can only, most guys would fall into, I'm pretty sure what you fell into, Mark, which is just that, that lifestyle of just hardcore decadence. Yeah, and I think, you know, who you've got around you, um, we're talking about this before we started the interview, you know, about friendship and how it's good to connect with each other. But, you know, friendship is really powerful 
And, um, you know, if you've got the right people around you, you've got that level of protection, uh, that dialogue, that, that wisdom, and also um, that accountability and challenge, which is really powerful. I didn't have that. You know, I was 12,000 miles away from everyone I knew. So it was like, you know, come on, let's, let's go for it. Let's party. There's no kind of safety net around me in any way. Um, I can I can get home whenever I want to get home. I can go wherever I want. I've got enough money to do what I want. And then I can include others who want to be fueled by the kind of lifestyle that I'm in. And there were many. So, um, yeah, it was just a series of events that led me to a really dark place, Andrew. Yeah. But, you know, I know there's a, there's a happy ending here, Mark, and a, a, a yeah. good Christian happy ending here. And I want to focus on that now. So in 1996, you met Jesus. I did. Tell us yeah, about that. How did that happen? How did that happen? Well, I met, I met a backslidden Christian girl uh, in London. Uh, when we say backslidden, we mean someone whose heart is probably not following the Lord the way that they should. And they're one foot in church, one foot in, you know, in other things and uh, living a kind of compromised lifestyle. So I met a backslidden Christian girl. She used to work for a guy called Michael Barrymore and was his PA. Michael was a very, very famous guy in the UK. Um, this girl I was dating was from Sydney, Australia. She was an Aussie. We met in a club and uh, said she used to watch me on telly. She was very pretty, kind of, yeah, a, a lovely person too. We dated. And um, we broke up. When we broke up, she went back to church, apparently. This is the story, and, and started to pray for me. And then, literally, Andrew, the, the Holy Spirit started to break into my world through a series of events. My, You know, I was at the point in my life where I, I needed desperate change. I was so trapped in addiction. By then, so yeah, I mean, she was the catalyst that, that God sent into my world to really open up my heart and open up a conversation about the things of God. So she was a part of London Hillsong Church, unbeknownst to me. Yeah. What, and, a, what uh, an encouraging story, Mark, uh, for all of us out there that we know people who aren't Christians and family or friends or maybe people we don't even know who are celebrities or we see them in the media that our prayers can make such a difference, can't they? Yeah, prayer is is powerful. I remember Dr. Miles Monroe saying a phrase that stuck with me. He said that prayer is earthly license for heavenly interference. And I love that, praying on earth for heaven to intervene and interfere uh, in, in your life. Prayer is, is it for me. I pray every day and I, I, I'm active in, in my prayer life because I know how, how powerful it is. Yeah, amazing. Amen. Well, you know, one of the staff here even said to me today when I told them that I was going to be interviewing you, they said, oh, yeah, my wife used to love Mark Stevens when he was on TV and she used to pray for his <laughs> salvation all the time. She was a groupie too uh, from a distance. And here we are, you're a Christian today. So I suspect there was a lot of people out there praying for you, Mark, perhaps a lot of young girls praying for you that one day you'd be their husband. But regardless, I think God sifted through <laughs> those prayers and just took the best bits out. And here you are, Christian today. Yeah, mate. I mean, collective prayer is powerful. So thank you to, to all those who did pray. You know, I really needed it. If you would have seen me at my darkest moment, you know, 
At one stage, I was selling stolen CDs to cash converters to support a heroin addiction over here. That's mm. how low I got, Andrew. And um, I was desperately in need for, for a change. Uh, and Christ came into my life at my ex-girlfriend's house uh, on the 26th of August, 1996, in her bedroom, covered in vomit, uh, wrapped in a sheet, sweating and shaking. Uh, Christ came into my life and literally transformed my life overnight, every addiction broken, my life turned upside down in a good way and then integrated and introduced to to church, you know, and, and that was it for me. I had such a supernatural encounter. It shook me to the core and it, it's changed me up until this point. So it was very powerful. That is powerful, Mark. And, and the great thing about your story is that we're not talking about six months ago here. We're talking about you know the late nineties, and here we are in the in in two thousand and twenty-three, and and Jesus is still real to you, and you're now serving Him in ministry and ministering through praise and worship and consultancy and preaching and teaching, and you and your wife yeah. are just being a huge blessing to so many people. It's such an encouraging story, Mark. Thanks, Andrew. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we're we are we love Jesus in our home. You know, we're not legalistic and, you know, weird with our faith, which is very normal people who love God, love people and just want to make a difference for the kingdom in, in different areas. And, uh, you know, we're pushing out into new things. It's an exciting time for us, a challenging time. But nonetheless, it's an exciting time. And we are, you know, we're up for more. And um, that's it. Brilliant, mate. Well, Mark, I want to thank you for sharing your story with us today. And for those listeners who... Uh, maybe want to know more about what Mark and his uh, beautiful wife are doing. His website is Mark Stevens, and Stevens is spelt with a V, home.com. Yep. That's Mark Stevens with an S on the end of it, home.com. He's also got Instagram and Facebook pages, uh, but that web page is probably a great place to begin. And I've got a feeling, Mark, this is not the last time we're going to hear from you. We've got the introduction today, the entree. But um, I, I think next time we're going to move on to the meat and three veg, okay, and really dig down deeper into your life and what God is doing through your life now. But, Mark, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Andrew, thank you for having me. It's been a privilege. It really has. Look forward to catching up again real soon. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.